Coming up on Locked on Buckeyes, it's a brighter day for Ryan Day at Ohio State. What his raise and extension means for the Buckeyes going forward. And also, just how bad it makes Jim Harbaugh look by comparison. New numbers, new season for Ohio State. What will you remember most? We'll ask that question coming up also on Locked on Buckeyes. Kyle Young, gay today, will he play against Nebraska? How do the Buckeyes look in a really tough Big Ten going forward? My assessment of Ohio State basketball as it heads into a big weekend of the basketball season. All coming up next on Locked on Buckeyes, your daily Ohio State football and basketball podcast. Find and follow us on your favorite podcasting platform, Apple or iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or simply say, play the Locked on Buckeyes on your smart speakers. Find me at Twitter at KYLAM8. Find the show at Locked on Buckeye. More Ohio State football, Ryan Day's extension, coming up next. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Ryan Day is a marked man, and now he is marked with a lot more Benjamins. Ryan Day getting a well-deserved raise after just one season as head coach of the Ohio State University. He will get basically a million dollars more for each of the next three seasons. His annual salary goes from $4.5 million to about $5.4 million this season, and then he will make $6.5 million next season and $7.5 million the following year in 2022. So what that means is within the next three years, Ryan Day will be one of the top five paid coaches in college football, joining a few national champion coaches and Jim Harbaugh. And this contract really puts into question, why is Harbaugh getting that much money? Now, let's look at this from the Ohio State angle first, because what this does with Ohio State, it most definitely gives them a buffer to keep Brian Day in town. I am not one of those people that think the NFL is a realistic possibility for Ryan Day. I think Ryan Day loves Columbus, Ohio. He has said it many times that he and his family have really made a home here. They don't want to be one of those families that moves around and upends and upseats their children who are making a home themselves in Columbus and in the you know school system there. So I don't think Ryan Day is looking to leave Ohio State, and I don't know that it would matter whether they were really aggressive with this kind of a raise or not. But what it does is within the next three years, getting him to $7.5 million, it means that any NFL team that were to come calling to try to pry Day away from Ohio State, they are going to have to pay handsomely to even get in the door. And, you know, it used to be 15, 20 years ago where NFL jobs would pay you a lot more than college football jobs, but it's not that way anymore. It really isn't. For you to get in the door 
at a public institution, a big time program like Ohio State or Alabama, you really, really have to pony up because there's just not too many NFL jobs that are going to pay more than an Ohio State or an Alabama or a Texas or even a Michigan, as we see with Jim Harbaugh. It's just not like that anymore. And the thing is, your job security at Ohio State, if you win 10, 11 games every year, is far better. And that's far easier, too, than going to, let's say, Dallas Cowboys or Washington Redskins, where you, you just don't have job security. And it's very, very difficult to win consistently in the NFL if you're not given the reins over personnel. So Ryan Day, I think, is going to be at Ohio State for a long, long time, as long as he continues to succeed. I think the $7.5 million, there was no chance of any other school ripping him away from Ohio State. There was maybe, and maybe there still is, an outside chance at an NFL franchise someday coming, calling, and and throwing just a, a, a ridiculous amount of money at him. But when push comes to shove, if Ohio State wants him bad enough, they will match whatever NFL team tries to throw his way. And maybe even giving him less money than an NFL team would give him would be enough to keep his family in. Because if he's making, let's, I'm just saying hypothetically, five years down the road, let's say Ohio State has won another national title, okay? And that's really putting the cart before the horse, but this is just trying to be, uh, as an example, a hypothetical if he were making $9 million a year in five years from now and an NFL team offered him 10 or 11 or 12 million, I think you're in the ballpark where the job security, the familiarity, uh, all of those things would probably make him be loyal and stay at Ohio state. So we're talking about a lot of money now, a lot of security, Ohio state, I think offering Ryan day, this contract extension so early shows a lot of loyalty shows a lot of faith in the program and the direction of the program. And I think this is really good for Ohio State long-term. I do not think Ryan Day will be leaving anytime in the near future for an NFL job. And I think this, while it doesn't guarantee that, I think it really makes it difficult for Ryan Day to want to think about moving in the near future. Now, let's talk about Harbaugh. Because, again, this kind of deal for Ohio State, really calls into question what Michigan is doing. When the deal was made originally to bring Jim Harbaugh back to Michigan, I have no qualms about what Michigan was doing as, as far as throwing all of the money in the world to get him to return to Michigan because they were kind of in a desperate panic mode. They had not beaten Ohio State in, with any regularity in a long time, in a long time. Uh, you know, they hadn't won a Big Ten title since tw uh, 2004. If you're Michigan, I get the desperation throwing as much money at Harbaugh as they did five years ago. But we're five years in now. They haven't beaten Ohio State. They have not won more than one bowl game. They haven't sniffed a trip to Indianapolis, much less actually win a Big Ten title. It, it has to feel like if you're Michigan, you're throwing money down the drain. You know, Lloyd Carr or even Brady Hoke could be paid half as much to do what Michigan has done, essentially. And I know Michigan is averaging a couple more wins than maybe they were with Brady Hoke or even Lloyd Carr there at the end of his tenure. They're averaging a couple more wins a year, maybe a win and a half. But 
is is that if you're Michigan, is that your mo? Is that your new paradigm now? You're you're just okay winning nine and a half, ten games a year, losing to Ohio State, beating Michigan State every every other year, every couple of years winning one bowl game in five years. Is that okay for Michigan? At some point, you can't make Jim, you can't keep paying Jim Harbaugh as a top five coach if he's not giving you top five results or ten top ten results at least. They're not even getting top ten results. So I, I don't get what Michigan is doing. I, I, I can't think that that's got to be kosher any longer. You can't keep, especially if, if Ryan Day beats Jim Harbaugh the next year or two, that seat's got to get warm at some point, right? You, you would think so. Because you can't keep paying the guy $7.5 to lose to your rivals, to lose to your bowl games, to not win conference titles. That doesn't make any sense to me. Whatever, that's Michigan's business. If they want to throw money down the tube, I guess that's okay for them. Whatever. So, new topic here. I want to bring this up. I saw there that Ohio State released some new new uh, jersey numbers for the upcoming season. And I thought it'd be kind of neat to ask this question. I want to pose everybody this question. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at KYLAM8 with your answer. So I'm going to give you the new uh, jersey numbers of the early enrollees for Ohio State for this upcoming year. And what I want you to tell me is which number is most likely to be revered, remembered, honored, uh, you know, see people, young kids walking around at the horseshoe at games with, which number is going to stand out the most to you, the Ohio State fans, in 10 years? Will it be number four for Legend Cavezos? Number four for Julian Fleming? Number seven for C.J. Stroud? Number nine for Jack Miller? Number 10 for Mookie Cooper? Number 11 for Jackson Smith and Jigba, number 13 for Guy Scott, number 16 for Ryan Watts, number 29 for Court Williams, number 58 for Luke Whipler, number nine or 59 for Darian Henry, number 29 or 69, I'm sorry, for Trey LaRue, number 77 for Paris Johnson, and number 93 for Jacoby Collin. Once again, what jersey number will be most remembered of these particular incoming freshman 10 years from now. This is a tough one for me. I kind of think it's going to be either 77 for Paris Johnson because he has a chance to, I don't want to say he can live up to the same kind of career path as Orlando Pace or Corey Stringer, but I think he's got a chance to be a good one. Um, If it's not him, I think it's going to be number four, Julian Fleming, or number seven for C.J. Stroud because I'm very, very high on those guys. Julian Fleming has a chance to do something really, really special because of his athleticism and his big playability. So tweet at me, KYLAM8. I want you to tell me which of those guys and their numbers that you think will be most popular, most remembered, most revered 10 years from now by Ohio State fans. Should be an interesting, uh, an interesting subject, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. Coming up next, we'll talk about Ohio State basketball, a big one on the road at Nebraska. No, it's not because Nebraska's good. It's just a really important win to avoid a bad loss. We'll preview that and talk about a really, really good Big Ten next. Sort of a good news situation for Ohio State tonight as they travel to Lincoln to take on Nebraska, who has lost, I think, 11 in a row, if I remember correctly. 
Now look, this is a big game for Ohio State. Not because this would be a good win. Nebraska is struggling. To be honest, they're a better team than their record shows. They've been playing better basketball, competitive basketball for a while now, for the last several weeks. The problem is the Big Ten is just so freaking good that Nebraska's playing better has not manifested itself in more wins. So this is kind of a, uh, I don't want to say a trap game for Ohio State, but it's it's a it's a dangerous contest for the Buckeyes to go on the road and play a team that's playing pretty good defense. They're not a great offensive team, but they are a decent defensive club. So Ohio State needs to be prepared. They need to play well, limit the turnovers, and do a decent job of just getting shots made. That's that is the secret to success for almost any game. Make your shots. But Ohio State uh, will go into this game not knowing if Kyle Young will play. Chris Holtman saying on Wednesday, Kyle Young is day-to-day with a high ankle sprain. Remember, he already had a sprained ankle. They were already nursing him because of last year's stress fracture. He was in a walking boot to begin with. This additional high ankle sprain, when it happened and when they talked about it a few days back, I know everybody in Buckeye Buckeye Nation, when they heard high ankle sprain, they're like, "Uh uh-oh, Kyle Young might not play in the regular season. It it might be a few weeks before he's back. But they're saying he's day-to-day. He is making the trip. I don't believe he's going to play tonight. We will find out. But my my hunch is they will not play him tonight. And he'll probably be a game-time decision, maybe 50-50 for Michigan on Sunday. If he doesn't play against Michigan on Sunday, I kind of feel like he will go next Thursday against Illinois. Um, that'll give him another week to kind of rest up. But I don't think he's going to go tonight. I think they will hold him back and then maybe try to give it a go against Michigan in a really, really big home game, nationally televised Sunday afternoon. That'll be a raucous atmosphere if Ohio State especially takes care of business against Nebraska. As I said, the Cornhuskers, not a good team. This is really, I think, the last game Ohio State needs to win to become a lock into the NCAA tournament. As long as they beat Nebraska, then I don't think it matters what happens at after this point. I think Ohio State will be safely in the NCAA field. Just beat Nebraska, avoid a bad loss, which they don't have on their resume. Their profile is spotless as far as avoiding bad losses. So beat Nebraska and all is well. As far as Ohio State is concerned, they're playing really good basketball right now, uh, or playing better basketball, I should say. They still have room for improvement. Is I think the key to their season is twofold. Continue to stop dribble penetration, which I thought they did a great job of against Maryland. It's ironic, and I mentioned this earlier in the week, I, I didn't think that Ohio State statistically had a very good game against Maryland, and they really didn't if you look at points per possession. It was not a great defensive game, but I thought, when they needed to play defense the most throughout the game, they played really, really well. They were communicating, they were connected, and did a great job of cutting off dribble penetration. I think if they continue to do that the rest of the season, this is a dangerous team. I think the shooting is back to where we saw it earlier in the year. Now that they have Luther Muhammad back with a really nice-looking stroke, he's getting elevation on his jumper, he's not mechanical, He looks really good. Dwayne Washington, I saw this from Adam Jardy of the Columbus Dispatch pointing out, Dwayne Washington actually has the best turnover rate, turnover percentage of all the guards and wings on the Ohio State roster right now. I think that is a big key because C.J. Walker is playing well. 
Dwayne Washington, Washington being the secondary ball handler for Ohio State gives them an added dimension. And I will say this, Dwayne Washington has improved his shot selection slowly but surely. It's not great. He's still known to chuck up a couple bad shots here and there. That's going to happen. But his picking and probing and, and selecting the spots in which he drives to the basket has gotten better the last few games. C.J. Walker's had great shot selection, been under control. I mentioned Luther Muhammad shooting well. Justin Ahrens, of course, comes off the bench occasionally to give a spark as a shooter. Everything is slowly coming back together for Ohio State offensively. That's not to say that they're over the hump, that they can't regress a little bit as far as the turnovers and some of the sloppy play, but the shooting is really good for Ohio State. One of the best shooting teams in the country in terms of effective field goal percentage. Caleb Wesson, although he hasn't been finishing inside, his bullying of Jalen Smith notwithstanding. Mark Turgeon, by the way, I'm not even going to go down that road, but, you know, dude, just give it a break. I know he was trying to get calls for the Minnesota game last night, which they came back from 17 down and wound up winning on a shot with four seconds remaining. That was a crazy finish for Maryland. Great comeback on their part. But Turgeon was out of line. It was Bush League to call out Caleb Wesson repeatedly that way. If he wanted to get calls, he didn't need to go after Caleb Wesson to do it. But Wesson not finishing against Maryland as well as he could have aside, I thought he played a great game otherwise. Everything else Caleb Wesson is doing, and I keep saying this, don't pick on Caleb Wesson because I know he's not as tough. He doesn't finish as well inside. His post play has taken a little bit of a dive this year from even last year, and I know he wasn't a great finisher last year, but he's gone down even a little bit more. But don't be too hard on him because that guy, I can't, impress this upon folks enough. I think Caleb Wesson is a really, really good basketball player. Otherwise he is shooting threes really well. And I know sometimes he hovers around the three point line a little too much, but he is an asset from out there. He screens really well. He defends really well for his size. He does a lot on the basketball floor that helps Ohio state. I know he could finish better, but you have to just kind of ride through it because his presence alone does really help Ohio State's offense because he draws so much attention even on doubles and digs and those sorts of things that it allows Ohio State shooters to get open and square up to the basket. So Caleb Wesson, he could finish better, sure, but he's a really good asset for Ohio State. And I, I, I really think that he is getting a little bit more aggressive in the last couple games, a little more confident, and it's helping Ohio State's offense. So Go into Nebraska, keep Ohio State, just don't turn the ball over, don't give Nebraska additional opportunities because they don't score really well in the half-court offense. So if Ohio State can contain them, not give them second looks, not give them looks off of the transition baskets because of turnovers, uh, turnovers for touchdowns, if you want to call it. If Ohio State does that, takes care of business, they will get back to Columbus for a big game on Sunday with pretty much the NCAA tournament being a laser-focused lock. I know they're not thinking about it right now, nor they, nor should they, but it will be in focus for them if they beat Nebraska Thursday night. So I like where Ohio State is headed here. This was a big win on Sunday against Maryland. The defense, despite the fact statistically was not one of their better performances, I thought they looked a lot better in the micro. And some of the individual possessions, the way they really hounded Maryland shooters and scorers, did a great job there. 
Obviously, the offense was lightning on Sunday, 79 points and 63 possessions. If they can shoot like that down the rest of, down the stretch here and get hot, who knows? The, the ceiling is the limit for Ohio State going forward. Big Ten tournament coming up in a couple weeks. I tell you what, this conference is amazing. I mentioned the Maryland-Minnesota game. Minnesota just absolutely heartbroken after losing that game. Up 17 late the first half. They were up 16 a couple of times in the second half. Let that one slip away. That would have gotten them right back squarely on the bubble and in tournament conversation, but they let it slip away. Missed free throws down the stretch. Couple turnovers. Next thing you know, Maryland is coming down two points down with four seconds left. They make a three-pointer, go up by one, 1.9 seconds, or Minnesota inbounds, not able to do anything with it. They did get a shot off at the buzzer that would have counted, uh, but it fell short uh, by a two-roo. So just a heartbreaking loss for Minnesota. Maryland, which was suddenly looking really vulnerable, if they had lost that game, they'd be only one game up in the Big Ten standings with five losses and still games at Rutgers and Michigan and Michigan State at home. Three very losable games for Maryland. That almost was disaster for the Terrapins in their quest to win the Big Ten title. But realistically, going into Indianapolis in three weeks from now in the Big Ten tournament, I would say there are at least 10, maybe 11 or 12 teams that could realistically win the Big Ten tournament. I think Maryland, obviously, Penn State, absolutely. Michigan is really hot right now. Ohio State is showing signs of really getting it together, winning six out of eight. They're definitely a threat. Uh, Penn State, Iowa, Michigan State, of course, is very, very talented. Um, Indiana could get hot. Minnesota and Purdue, less likely to make a run, but I think they're capable of it. Rutgers, I have to see it away from home because they really have not done well. They had a golden opportunity to win at Penn State. And they gave up a late basket to lose as well. Uh, it, it was funny watching those Rutgers, Penn State, the Rutgers, Penn State, Minnesota, Maryland games were kind of carbon copies of one another. Rutgers making a late run in the opposite of Minnesota, who had the big, big lead, but Minnesota lost on a late shot. Rutgers also lost on a late shot after they had come all the way back from 21 down. Big Ten, it is crazy. It is the best league in America. If you haven't figured out by now, every team is vulnerable to go through a losing streak. Every team is good enough to get hot and go on a winning streak. The Big Ten tournament is crazy. I wasn't—I don't ordinarily go over there to Indianapolis, but I am so infatuated with this league this season. I may go over there for the last three rounds or maybe even the last four rounds because I tell you what, that's going to be great basketball and that tournament is wide open. So I may head over to Indy. I encourage you to do the same. It'll be a crazy, crazy Big Ten tournament this year. Ohio State basketball, hopefully peaking at the right time. We'll see if they can keep it going against a so-so Nebraska team tonight. Big game on Sunday as they return home against that team up north Sunday afternoon. That's going to do it for Locked on Buckeyes today. Thanks for listening in today. We will be back tomorrow to recap the Ohio State-Nebraska game and look ahead to a really, really big matchup. That team up north coming in on Sunday. That's going to do it for Lockdown Buckeyes. Find and follow us on your favorite podcasting platform. 
We're on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Find me on Twitter at KYLMA. Find the show at Lock on Buckeye. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.